evening, everyone. If you don't see the chat room, you might want to refresh. I was a little behind on setting it up, so um, it didn't get set up till like five minutes ago. And if you came over to the show when I first announced it or whatever, you know, whatever, it might not have been there for you to look at. So you don't want to refresh if you're not seeing it. Um, <clears throat> tonight's show is about. I have talked before about works that I really enjoy in fandom, but I could not find. The podcast, and it makes me think that it was part of another podcast, so I decided to do one just on my favorite works, so it would be easy for me to locate um, in the future. But b- before I do that, I'm going to tell you a story. <sighs> Last night, and Jilly can attest to this, I, um, my husband was really awesome to me during my um, procedure this week, and um I was going to be nice, and so I made him a cake. Last night, early this morning, around 2 o'clock, I made him a cake. And by the time I finished icing it, I really wanted a piece of cake. But it wasn't for me, right? It was a present for somebody else. And you can't cut a cake that's not for you, right? So I didn't cut it. I went to bed without cutting the cake, and I really wanted to cut the cake. I really did. So I get up around 2 o'clock, and this motherfucker has still not cut the cake. He's still not had any cake. And I'm like, what? And so I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And I want you to know, 20 minutes ago, I cut the fucking cake, okay? I I reached the end of my rope. I, I cut the cake. And it's really good, by the way. It's excellent. It's excellent. Um, and very attractive. I made a very pretty cake. I and mean, I didn't like do any fancy dress, you know, stuff on it, but the even the layers were really even and it's really fluffy and it's moist. So I cut the fucking cake, okay? <laughs> Confession. I think we told him I, I cut the fucking cake. I cut it. It's just it's oh, oh. anyways. So I um I cut the cake. <laughs> it was just I was I had, I reached the end of my rope. That that's the only excuse I've got for that. I just I could not take any more of that nonsense. I had to cut the cake. I can't even. Um, first. I want to talk about um, Sunset Over Britain by Bob Men. We recently lost Bob Men. Um, he died, and um, Bob Men was a part was a part was a two was a partner partnership husband and wife, I believe. Um, if I'm wrong, please correct me in the chat room so I can correct myself on the air. Um, and the Bob part of the partnership died, and um, it was a great loss to the. Um, to the fandom and um more specifically obviously to his wife uh and but one of the biggest gifts that i think that bob men ever gave the harry potter fandom would be sunset over britain and its sequel sunrise over britain and it's a harry hermione fic and um it is beyond epic if you don't read harry hermione if you don't read my Harry Hermione, make an exception and read Sunset Over Britain. I'm serious. 
I wouldn't even ask you to read my own work, but read Sunset Over Britain. And after you read that, you're going to want to read Sunrise Over Britain. But if if you don't ever, if you never read Harry Hermione, you must read Sunset Over Britain. It um it's amazing. It is um honestly the best. Uh, Harry Hermione fic. It couldn't actually, honestly, I kind of think it's the best Harry Potter fan fiction um, that's posted. And um, I'm gonna, it's in my bookmarks on Pinboard, which I'm going to put on the radio show uh, description, so you'll be able to find it. Everything I'm going to discuss this evening is either on my Pinboard or it will be on my Pinboard by the end of the night. So. If there's something that you want that you want to read that I talk about, um, you'll be able to find it on my pin board. And I figured that would just be easier than anything else that I might want to try to do. Um, and sometimes uh, there is a character limit when it when it comes to a, a description for a show. Um, you can find uh, Sunset Over Britain on Ao3. Uh, there's a Harry Potter archive that it's on, which. I honestly forget the name of, and it's it's fanficauthors.net is where I originally read it, and I believe it is also on AO3. Um, and Jilly just put up a link for Sunrise Over Britain and Sunset Over Britain, but they're in my pin board, and they're under the Harry Hermione tag, and um, they're hi- I highly recommend that you read Sunset Over Britain. If you never read another Harry Potter or Harry Hermione fic, even if you don't read mine, read this one it is amazing uh i honestly believe it's the best fic in the harry potter fandom with the exception of perhaps turn um by sarah uh sarah's girl it was now I have to. It's a Harry Draco fic. And it's on AO3. And um, I'm going to bookmark it in my um, pin board so you'll be able to find it. And I will give a link in um, the chat room momentarily. Um, excellent Harry Draco fic. Definitely the best Harry, Harry Draco fic I've ever read. Um, I would put that right up there with Sunset Over Britain as far as just um, quality of craft and quality of characterization and um, just amazing, amazing. Turn by Sarah's Girl. Um, I like Building with Worn Out Tools. It's a Harry Draco fic. Uh by Lomaneran. I'm probably like totally abusing that character, that author's name, and I apologize if that's you out there listening. My bad, but great work, great fucking work. Um, building with worn out tools. Uh, one of the things I look for in a Harry Potter fic is an expansion of world building and a deeper understanding of magic. And when I don't see that in a fic, I kind of lose interest in it. Uh, so when I have a Harry Potter fic on my um, pin board, it's because that Harry Potter fic 
in a way, expanded the magical world for me in a way that I found very entertaining. And that's how it ended up on my list. And um, I don't keep anything on my list that I won't go back and read again. So if there's anything on my pin board, it's because I've read it multiple times and I want to keep track of it. And I might have hoarded it on a, on a um, USB drive that I keep in a fire safe. Maybe. Probably. I totally do that, especially with stories that are on AO3 so I can download an EPUB and a mobile file and um, hide it away on my USB drive in my fire safe. And I'm not even ashamed, okay? No shame. There is no shame in this game over here. Um, those are my choices uh, as far as uh, just what I like to read in Harry Potter fandom. It, it, just, it really has to be um, – they have to expand – it's just, it could boil down to the fact that, you know, what I like to read, it, I like to read stories that are expansion of magic and expansion of, um, and also porn. I, I, I read porn too. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but if it's going to be a big story, I, I like it to have a lot of meat and, and for it to tell me a story. Um, I don't read non-con or dubious consent. I would not put it on my pin board. So if you have a problem with dubious consent or non-con, um, you're not going to find it on my board as far as I'm concerned. My definition of dubious consent could be different than yours. So do be careful. If you think, for an instant, there's a question, um, feel free to email me and ask me about something on my pin board, and I'll be happy to tell you um, what I remember of it. And if I have a problem remembering it, I will go read it again if you have a question about um, consent issues, because that, that's the last thing that I would want to do is upset you for that reason particularly. Uh, one of my um, – Second favorite Harry Hermione fic is called Harry Potter and the Manipulator of Destiny. Uh, it's on fanfiction.net, which I know is like um, the last place a lot of readers want to go to. Uh, it's it's a story. Well, the one reason I like Harry Potter and the Manipulator of Destiny is, is not so much because of the Dumbledore bashing. That's a factor. I, I really appreciate the level of Dumbledore bashing in this in this particular um, thick and the footstool will never not be funny. And when you read Harry Potter and the Manipulator of Destiny, you will get that reference and it will make you laugh. The footstool is fucking hilarious. Okay, it, it's just it's really really funny. Um, and what I like about the Manipulator of Destiny in particular is the characterization of Luna and um, uh, her placement as Harry's friend and um, just, just, uh, just, it was just a great fic and, you know, and Neville is so strong and such, um, so loyal and it, it's an amazing fic and it's got some Weasley bashing in it, of course, which is my second favorite thing in the Harry Potter fandom. Uh, and I just, I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, my favorite, my super, super favorite post Hogwarts Harry Draco fic is called We Are Young by Tara Diane. 
I don't know what is more amazing about this fic. The fact that Harry and Draco are just broken and fucked up, and everybody knows they're broken and fucked up, and that they belong together being broken and fucked up, or the fact that Blaze and Beanie does his very best to be Malcolm Tucker. It's just fucking fantastic. You have got to read We Are Young by Tara Diane. Um, It's just amazing. It's a very grown-up fic. Everybody's very... um, uh, adult and bringing their game and um, Harry just is just as fucked up as it's terrible how fucked up this kid is young man is and um, it's just great it's great that not only um, is it I think a very realistic portrayal of the the kind of person that Harry could come out being um, having been man- manipulated into committing suicide by Dumbledore um, in canon and um, just it's fantastic. It's it's really good. I highly recommend that you read it. Uh, <clears throat> and those are my super favorite stories from Harry Potter. There is another fic that it's not on my pin board. It's not on my list. And it's about Harry and Elder Dragons. Um, And it's not so much, uh, it's called Dragonkin, I believe, yes, it's called Dragonkin, and it's, it's on fanfiction.net as well, and um, (laughs) in it, uh, Harry's ancestors are, um, descend from dragons basically there's and so an elder dragon comes to check on his line on earth and finds harry being very mistreated it's the middle of fifth and sixth year this is a harry draco fic and um i'm going to put it on my bookmark list so it'll be there but arlena just gave a um a link in the chat room for you guys uh and draco i think is a vila and um, he has determined that Harry is his mate. And Harry's like, I don't want you to die, dude, but I'm not sure about this. <laughs> so he's very reluctantly exploring this friendship with Draco, um, trying to put on a you know a brave face about it while he deals with um, Dumbledore and his recent return to um, Hogwarts after being basically essentially kidnapped by an elder dragon um, over the summer between his fifth and sixth year. Uh, and this elder dragon essentially becomes his um, his father. And um, it's excellent. It's, it's a great story. I really enjoy the, um, the expansion again of the world building and the dragons and the dragon world and just the, um, the overall expansion of magic and, and how um, magic impacts uh, people and the world. And just, it's just awesome. It's a great fic. It's called Dragonkin and it's by Fireheart and it's on fanfiction.net. And there will be a link on my um, pin board and it'll be under the Harry slash Draco tag as well um, as all the other ones that I've discussed. So I really enjoy it. It's, it's a good story. Um, Oh, you know, inspiring. I I think is a really good 
way to talk about dragonkin. It's it's a very inspiring fic because it makes you think about other species, other magical species, and how those species might impact um, wizards and witches. And it's just, it's really, really interesting. Uh, just from a, I really like it when a, a, a writer takes a look at Harry Potter and goes, Okay, and then they twist it around and do something completely unexpected. The, la- the last thing I want to read in a Harry Potter fic is a retelling of the books. I hate that. If I want to know if if I want to read canon, I got all seven books. I'll go read them. Uh, that's not why I'm in fan fiction. So I don't want to read a retelling of the book from a slightly different perspective or with one thing being changed. Uh, you need to you need to bring it. For me to be really interested in a Harry Potter fic, um, and Eleanor was talking about the uh, dra- dragon culture and dragon Ken, which was really super interesting. It just it was really really good. Now, if you like dragon fics, there is another dragon fic in the Harry Potter fandom that I hear great things about, but I have not read yet. Um, it's by Bob Min, I believe, and it's called The Queen Who Fell to Earth. Um, I've not read it, so it's not on my pin board, but it apparently has a great deal of awesome stuff about, um, about dragon culture, and I I believe it's a Dragons of Pern fusion, and the dragons, um, on Earth wake up to riders during the third the first task of um Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And what happens is is her egg hatches and that egg imprints on Harry. Uh that's the part that I read and then I I set it aside on my laptop to read and never did read it. But um I hear it's fantastic and it's on my list to read but I have not read it. Um if you're in the chat room, please make sure that your font is up to 22. Hit the little T by the all users and um, pick a number, 22, 21, because I have, um, uh, it makes my eyes hurt to read tiny font, to be perfectly honest. I'm getting up in age. It happens. Um, I do believe it's Bob Men's. Is this the queen that fell to earth or something like that? I'm going to look it up. And one of the reasons why, yeah, it's called The Queen Who Fell to Earth, and it's um, by Bob Men 356 on uh, um, fanfiction.net. And I'm going to put it on my book list, but I'm going to mark it not read so that you'll know that I have not read it. And um, tread carefully because I don't know if there are any consent issues in it. Um Yeah, it does. What I did read was if you're sensitive to um, uh, suicidal ideation, you might want to give it a pass because it opens with Harry essentially deciding to kill himself by dragon. Um, so be careful of that if, if that's something that might concern you. And I'm not sure if there's a pairing because, like I said, I have not read it. Um, it is by Bob Men, so I don't doubt the um the uh the awesomeness of it and this fic was finished in 2012 
the first story. There are apparently two more. The third will not be finished because Bob died in April. So, um, or was it March? It was March or April. Um, but anyways, um, Penobria is saying that it was Harry, original female character, Harry, Hermione, Harry, Hermione, OFC. It is a trio of stories. Part one and part two are apparently finished. I've not read them. Um, I don't tend to read a lot of threesomes, so I'm not sure I'll read past the first book, to be perfectly honest. Anyways. Those are my Harry Potter fics, the ones that I go back to and read. Um... There are plenty more out there that everybody else is really thrilled with. These are just the ones that called me and um, that I go back to for one time or another. There are a couple of others that uh, – The Boy Who Lived Twice uh, is very good. It's – It's dark as fuck. I will say that. It's bi-lettered. It's called The Boy Who Lived Twice. And um, it is dark and um, very angsty and uh, secret identities. And um, Harry lives a very solitary life and he's kind of bitter about his place in the world. And um, again, it's it's just, it's a very dark fic, but it... Uh, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic story. I'm going to link to it on the um, chat room, but it's on my pin board, and it's called The Boy Who Lived Twice. If you're after some porn, if you would like some straight-up porn, the best option on in Harry Potter would be Big Dick Come Quick. It's Harry Draco. Uh just as filthy is amazingly filthy. Uh, uh, the first time I read it, I was like, "Oh gosh, that's wow!" <laughs> I read it with red cheeks. My cheeks were all pink and hot, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's super filthy." <laughs> and honestly, if you read my work, and I assume most of you do, since you're in my podcast, um, you you know that I that. I write a lot of porn, and when I first read Big Dick Come Quick, I I have to admit to being um, quite shocked by the uh, by the content. It used to be on Hex Files. It's not anymore. I'm not sure if there's an active link for it, but if you find one, I highly recommend you read it. Uh, awesome. Oh, look, I have my own site on my, um, I did wreck it on Slash World. I'm not sure if there's an active link for it anymore, uh, but yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, I think that <clears throat> that's probably really it for me when it comes to, um, Harry Potter fix that, now I read a lot of Harry Potter fix that I've read once and I probably wouldn't go back to, um, for one reason or another, but I keep the ones that really, really impact me one way or another. And it's not uh, a value judgment. 
as far as whether or not something is good that's not on my list that I've read. It's just that um, I tend to keep, I tend to bookmark stories that um, that really affect me, and I go back to read them again and again. And um, it's just, it's a different kind of um, situation. Um, my first fandom, it basically, was Harry Potter. When I was no, my my very very first fandom, if I'm be perfectly honest, was Star Trek. I used to write Wesley fan fiction in a notebook when I was a little girl, but um, <laughs> don't give me a weird eyeball. <laughs> I did. I totally did. <laughs> but um, that's just uh. When it comes to Harry Potter, I I tend to prefer Harry and Hermione. That was my first pairing in that in that universe. Um, and what I tend to go back to when I'm looking at um, things to read, and uh, it's just um, I had a crush on Wesley too, and I I did. I was I might have even. I'm kind of ashamed to admit this. Um, I actually, I'm already blushing. I mean, my cheeks are really hot already just thinking about admitting this. But I was a member of Will Wheaton's fan club. Shut up. I was a member of Will Wheaton's fan club. I was. I think I still technically could be a member still because I don't think there were dues to be paid. So I could technically still be a member of Will Wheaton's fan club. I never left officially. I never sent a letter removing myself from Will Wheaton's fan club. And I follow him on Twitter. Shut up. <laughs> it's just a thing. <laughs> he, he's very funny. He's he's really terribly sarcastic in a in a great way. I really in, enjoy him um, as an adult. Uh, there are a couple of stories in the Inception fandom. Um, that I fell absolutely in love with. Um, and they would be in no particular order. Um, the only the only living boy in New York. Amazing. Amazing story. It's by Whitling. Um, it's on AO3. It's called The Only Living Boy in New York. And I'm going to put a little link in there chat room and it's been and it's on my pin board it should be easy for you guys to find uh it's a limbo fic and um i really enjoy the characterization of ames and arthur in that fic and it's amazing uh i read almost anything that tabby essentially writes in inception so if she wrote it i probably read it um Another Inception fic that I really enjoy is Love in the Time of Science by 11 Inches. Amazing, amazing story. Uh, But my absolute favorite 
Inception story. I'm gonna fuck up how you say it because I have a whole bunch of Inception fix here. You would be amazed. You won't be amazed. You'll come over here looking. Oh, you'll you know why? You know why? Um, don't fall in love with a dreamer by eleven inches. Amazing, amazing story. What I look for in Inception is a a development of of um Arthur's character and just a uh I like y- I like viewing the Inception world through his eyes. So that's what I look for in uh, in an in Inception fix. I highly recommend Breaking and Entering by Resonant. It tells <laughs> it's a, it it tells an amazing story about and this is actually told from Amy's point of view, so it's really interesting. Um, in that I prefer Arthur, but in this particular story, um, it's about Ames, but in the end, it's about told from Ames' point of view, but in the end, it's it's really all about Arthur. Um, and the story is is basically Ames coming to terms with the fact of how he feels about Arthur and what he's willing to do to stay in Arthur's life, and he doesn't recognize it for what it is. And um, it's an amazing story, of course. Uh, resonant, anything resonant writes is going to be fucking amazing. Uh, I'll across the board no matter what fandom um she's in so i highly recommend it it's called breaking and entering and um really anything by resonant anything you read by resonant is going to be amazing but i definitely recommend um breaking and entering in the inception fandom there are a couple others of hers that i totally recommend and um that'll be in stargate uh My absolute, I really enjoy, um, there is a, why, why, why fan fiction writers in Inception do you insist on writing your titles in French? I don't speak French. I have a hard time saying these titles. I do. We're going to try this and I'm going to fuck it up. I'm, I know I'm going to fuck it up, but, but. It's by Rage Proof Frock, and it's on AO3, and it's called Prescue View. Presque View. Uh, fuck it. I'm going to give you guys a link. <laughs> and you can read it and determine how you want to pronounce it all you want. Uh, and it's about... Arthur and his relationship with Mal and his relationship with Dom and his relationship with Ames and how um, it's just an amazing story about Arthur and his place in the world and his acceptance of all the things that go with um, that acceptance of, you know, of, of meeting Mal and, in inheriting Dom and just all that comes with it. And I highly recommend it highly. But um, if you never read any other fic in Inception, 
read Don't Fall in Love with a Dreamer by 11 Inches because it is absolutely amazing. Um, But if you want a story that will tear your heart out and rebuild it and make you feel amazing, read... Anything by Tabby, essentially, but especially read The Plurant by Tabby, essentially. Um, Arthur fakes his death, and Ames kills everyone. <laughs> it is amazing. It's, it, it's that moment, I think, that we all kind of prepare for, um, in a way... And it's like Ames doesn't realize that Arthur is the love of his life until the day he finds out that he's dead. And everything that Ames does after that is just one big, grotesque, vicious, violent love letter. And it is absolutely amazing. I I highly recommend it. It's called The Plurant. P-L-E-U. R-A-N-T by Tabby, essentially. And it is on my bookmark list. And I highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it. It's an excellent story. It's very emotional. It made me cry. It made me laugh. It made me sad. It made me happy. And in the end, it was just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. And um, one of my favorite in the Inception fandom. Um and what's really awesome is that when you find an author, an author in one fandom and then they start writing in the fandom that you're just falling in love with, and that's what happened um, with Inception, is that all these amazing Stargate writers uh, kind of moved into Inception, and you're like, oh, fuck yes, Resonant. <laughs> it was like the most amazing day when she when she posted her first Inception story. I was like, hell yes. My day is complete, <laughs> you know, because it's, because as much as I am a writer in fandom, I am totally a reader as well. So I get super excited when um one of my favorite delves into a new fandom that I'm also flirting with because I get to see what they do. And it's always just um, fucking amazing and awesome and um, just it's great and uh, so cool. It's so cool. And um, all the fun, all the fun. What I, yes, Claire, Claire said in the Plurant, um, Arthur isn't put off at all by Ames's vengeful killing spree at all. He's just like, okay, then. Okay, come here. <laughs> I'm sorry I pretended I was dead. Come here. <laughs> it's great. It's just a fucking great story. I highly recommend it. Um there there are moments for me that um that it's I'm not saying it's it's an easy read cuz it's not cuz there's this there's this Terrible sadness just draped over the entire thing. The flower languages and the grave and 
um, Ames is, is his grief-fueled killing spree. And since you know from the very beginning that Arthur has faked his death, because it's in the summary of the story, <clears throat> you worry that Ames is so far gone that forgiving um, Arthur for faking his death might be an issue. And uh, it's just, it's a great story. It is an amazing story um, and one of my favorites in the Inception fandom. And um, I highly recommend it. Highly. Um, When I entered the fandom life online, I kind of dropped headfirst into Stargate, and I never looked back. My first Stargate story was Time in a Bottle by Astolot, and if you've not read Time in a Bottle by Astolot, what the fuck? Stop listening to my podcast right now. Go find Time in a Bottle by Astolot and read and read that, and I don't want to talk to you until you do. I'm so fucking serious. If you are in fandom and you're a Stargate fan and you have not read Time in a Bottle, shut up and go read. Oh, what is wrong with you? I can't even. I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to look. There's there's some asshole in the chat room who has not read Time in a Bottle, and I don't even want to see who they are. I don't even want to know. Don't say it. Don't tell me. I might not be able to forgive you at all. I can't find it on my list though. I know it's on my list. Cuz I was going to um Now I have it on their website. Um and it takes place in the virtual reality. John and Rodney are in a virtual reality. Um, uh, but if, and it is, I fell in love. I fell in love. It was like, holy shit. Holy shit. And that was all she wrote. Um, I started writing, um, what might have been. Roughly two weeks after I read Time in a Bottle. Up until that point, I had been playing around with Keller and Ronan as a pairing. Um, But after I read Time in a Bottle, I was um, McKay Shepard for life. It was like an instant OTP for me. Because I had been writing Dark Places in the Soul for months, and I had paired John with Laura Cadman, and I had no problem with it. But it got really difficult to write after I read Time in a Bottle, and I'm not blaming Astolot for my OTP, except I'm totally blaming Astolot for my OTP. Um, I really am. I, I blame her. But I don't think she'll be mad. <laughs> Because I really enjoyed writing Dark Places in the Soul. Um, 
I got pissed off at a reader, which is why I'm not still writing it, too perfectly honest. Um, but after I started writing what might have been, it became very difficult for me to pair. Um, between Time in a Bottle and my own writing, it really, really became an OTP for me. And I don't believe that I could write John or Rodney in another permanent pairing. Like when I wrote uh Emotional Clockwork, John has a um John has sex with somebody besides Rodney in that story. And I thought that I would have a hard time writing it. And even when I plotted it in there cuz I cuz it had purpose, it it wasn't just gratuitous porn. That sex scene had purpose um as far as the the overall plot arc of my story. And um, I uh, I sat down to write it, and I thought this is I'm not gonna be able to do it. And then I, I had no problems writing that filthy sex. I I really didn't. It it flowed just as easily as anything. Um, and it was amazing. Uh, I uh, I fell in love, and it's Astolot's fault. There are other stories, of course, in the um in the Stargate fandom that I think if you're in the Stargate fandom and you have not read them, you are crazy. You need to read them. Definitely an ordinary life by Astolot. Um, and transcendental. I can't say that one. Transcendental. Ugh. Where is, where is my fucking say it for me. Transcendent, transcendental, uh, transcendental. <laughs> You're gonna have to give me the goddamn word. I can't. I have to do it from memory. <laughs> <laughs> By Astolot. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm um, just on her I page. Transcendental. Transcendental. Okay. Trans. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um. I, what? I, I have a question for you. Have you? Mention the greatest, most horrific Stargate fic ever. Yet. No, I just got started on Stargate. Were you not listening to me? I actually was, I, I got sucked into um, my favorite Stargate um, fic about Daniel. It's it's a duo. It's really short. It's by Redbird. <sighs> Sorry. I have not gotten to freedom yet, no. Okay, well then I'll pass on I that one. I was going to do the so happy ones is... first before I did that one. Oh, <laughs> well, these, these two are. Do, do you remember in Stargate where um, uh, Daniel meets Vala? Yeah. At, on the Prometheus, those mm-hmm. two are um, the after effects where, uh, back on Earth, and um, first one is they're both by Red Redbird. First one is performance reviews. The second one is um, training exercises, and it's where I, I met and and absolutely adore the phrase "the archaeologist is not harmless," <laughs> and it all comes from those two stories. So, yeah. But continue. I'm I'm, okay. I'm listening. So happiness. Um. If you want a pure Earth AU that's not about the Stargate program, um, I recommend Working Men. Um, it's John Rodney Fick, of course, and um, it's by... That's the one 
where John, or Rodney looks out the window and goes, I want him, right? No, no, no. Damn it. Um, okay, I missed that one. It's by 1chan19, and it's a story about John and Rodney. They're both married to um, other people, and um, okay. they start uh, having this friendship this very intense but platonic friendship and eventually their wives leave them (laughs) and the implication comes out that you know that probably everybody but them or but Rodney thought they were having an emotional affair for basically a whole year and um it's called working men and um it's excellent it's a great story it's uh it's um a very much a uh story about emotional um Growth and um, mm. and emotional intelligence, but more it's about uh, falling in love without meaning to, um, and mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that I really enjoy um, in the Stargate pairing. Um, uh, that was next on my list, Capricious. Uh, the next one would be a farm in Iowa, as far as mm-hmm. um, stories on Earth that take place on Earth now. A farm on, in Iowa is not a um, no Atlantis AU. Atlantis is eventually introduced, and both John and Rodney individually go to Atlantis for various activities for Stargate Command, but they never go together and they don't stay. Um, but it's uh, very good. Very good, and uh, it's called a, a farm in Iowa. And my favorite part of, farm, of a farm in Iowa is Finn. <laughs> Finn, Finn is their kid. Um, it's a, a son that Rodney had with Katie Brown, and John and Rodney mm-hmm. are raising him. And Finn is fucking fantastic. And once, if you're if you have not read a farm in Iowa and you go read it after this podcast I would like you to send me an email after you're introduced to baby Jesus and (laughs) more specifically (laughs) I'd also like to hear how you feel about Finn's Christmas pants (laughs) his Christmas underwears his Christmas underwears. Until you've read A Farm in Iowa, you will never understand how funny baby Jesus and the Christmas underwears are, okay? That's just all I'm going to say about that. You need to go fucking read that story. Read it, read it cover to cover. Cry, laugh, have a good time. Let me know how you feel about the Christmas underwears. I cannot listen I can't. Now, there's a podcast of that particular episode with the Christmas underwears. I laughed so hard I hurt my face. I think I pulled a muscle in my face. Uh, you just don't understand. <laughs> and, and baby what makes Jesus. This worse is, yes, and baby Jesus. What makes this worse is a. I have not read the whole thing through. Um, I only read that particular little episode. I'm not reading it right now, and it's the memory of it is causing me to cackle. So right, yes, that that should it's be. Just, <laughs> it is just freaking amazing. It is just. Um, getting away from that so I can actually breathe. 
Uh, Sorka put up a beautiful lifetime is, uh, event, and that one is by Estelon. Yeah, it is. Um, I read it. I, I read it once. It's not on my reread list, and I don't know why. Because I love her work, um, and I I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the story. It's just not one that I've ever gone back to. I mean, it's I don't know why. It's it's one that it has consequences, and for me, it's it's actually one that I'll read every once in a while as a yeah, I really like this. Um. It also is the reason I have those bloody um, kid generators in my my stories. So, yeah. (laughs) Now, on Atlantis, there are a couple of really awesome stories besides In Time and a Bottle. Besides In Time and a Bottle. But I'm really fucking serious. If you've not read Time and a Bottle, you need Mm -hmm. to go fucking read Time and a Bottle. I don't know what's wrong with you. So serious. Now, I won't make you read the really sad one we're going to discuss in a few minutes, but if you've not read Mm. Time in a Bottle, oh, I can't even consider you a minion at this point. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Time in a Bottle. (laughs) Go read it. That that um, one is totally worth the price of admission. One of my favorite stories in Stargate is Coping Mechanisms by Amaral. Um, and it begins, and the structure of coping mechanisms is one of the reasons why it really appeals to me. And if you're one of those people who's having a hard time starting in the middle, um, and I don't mean starting in the middle of your story, I mean starting in the middle of an event, um, and really dragging your, your, your reader into your story breathlessly, read Coping Mechanisms by Amaral. Um, it starts with a literal bang, and it just... It drags you in and hurts you and makes you feel better and makes you laugh. And it's beautiful. And it's a love story. And um, it's just awesome and amazing. Yeah. And um, But definitely, oh, yeah. definitely read Coping Mechanisms. Because yeah. if you're having a hard time as a writer um, recognizing what I mean by um, starting in the middle, this is the perfect example of that. Coping Mechanisms by Amaral. You'll... It's awesome. Yes. That one Where did all the physics go by Amaral? Um, that is <laughs> a really funny story about how John and Rodney end up on the Enterprise, and none of the science <laughs> makes sense to McKay, and none of McKay's science makes any sense to Scotty. And it's hilarious. It is really funny. Um, oh, Loving Rodney by Lady Ra. Yeah. That's the one where Atlantis loves Rodney, right? And wants to make sure everybody else loves right. Rodney. <laughs> and is very firm on, on on her thou shalt. Thou shalt love Rodney. What is wrong with you? Um, one of my yeah. one of the most interesting stories in the Stargate fandom that I've gone back to read several times is Thousand Mother by Springwolf. Um it oh. was a big bang. And I'm going to mm-hmm. put the link up. Yeah. Um, awesome story. The um, mm-hmm. th- um, Thousand Mother is really, really stunning. And the, uh, the, the world building and the mythology of it is just 
amazing. Now it is a story that it's very it's very meaty. So you're gonna have to set aside some time to read this because this isn't mm. something you can yeah. read casually. Um, but Thousand Mother, so good. It is so good. I recommend it three thousand times over. Read Thousand Mother. It is mm. just absolutely amazing. It's a great story. Um, if you want to have a great, amazing laugh and read a story about two guys just being as gay as they want to be in the Olympics, <laughs> read Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada by, by Sardonic <laughs> Smiley. Um, it's mm-hmm. on my uh, list. And um, John's a figure skater and Rodney plays Olympic hockey. I can't even mm-hmm. look at the page where this story is without smiling like a big ridiculous idiot. It is amazing. It's amazing. John is ridiculous and awesome, and sometimes he wears glitter, and it's great. He wears glitter and he lies about it. I I honestly read it. It is you will not regret it. It, it is amazing. It's a great story. Um, I'll put the link up for you guys. Uh, read that shit. Read it. It's amazing. Mm, did somebody put up the, the link for Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Mrs. Hamill? Um, no, I haven't read that. That wasn't on my list. Okay. Uh, weren't there, yeah, weren't there it, issues in that? There's a reason I haven't um, read that one. And I'm not yeah, putting anything on my list that has non-Connor dubious consent right. in it. And I, think I haven't read it in a while, so. Yeah, I haven't read it in a while. So that's why you, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about seven. That that seven walls, Vic. No, what's it called? no, you're not going. Nope, 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 nope. That one, and I, I've never read Crimes Against Humanity, and these are not reflections nope. of the work done by these authors. I'm sure they're fantastic pieces. I've been told repeatedly that that they're fantastic pieces, but I do not read they rape are. or non-con, um, so I have not read these stories, and I won't read these stories. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be on my list for you guys to find. Um, Pegasus Purgatory, Pegatorio, Pegatorio, Pegatorio. Uh, by Mrs. Hamill is fucking amazing. Um, and there's the link. I'm not sure it's on my list, but I'll put it on my list because it should be on my list. It might be, but I have a big yes. list for Stargate. It's just um, um, yeah, that's the link for it. Bye bye. I'm putting it. On my list, not know why it's not on there because I, I I read that actually last month. I'd gone to read it. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a very good story, a very very good story. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, I I really enjoy um, that particular story because I like when I write John and Rodney. I like to put them together really firmly and then set them against the mm-hmm. universe. And that's a, mm-hmm. <laughs> that story is all about that. It's them against the universe, against the race, and they pick it up, you know, runners and um, and they kick their ass, and they kick so much ass. And it's just, it's really, really good. I really recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's called Pegasus yeah. Purgatory by Mrs. Hamill, uh, and Purgatorio. That was a humble brag. Did you guys see that? <laughs> yeah, I know. But no, um, she, she's. Uh, 
it, it's one of the few times I will actually be really happy that I had name recognition because she was coming out to where I live and needed, um, for, for personal reasons, and she needed some place to stay. And we knew each other mostly in passing because of, of stuff with, with um, SGA and Stargate. And I said, hey, I have a room. So, yeah, it may be a humble brag, but in this case, it's more of a, she's a really nice lady. She writes a hell of a good fic. Yeah, and I don't know if she's still writing, but damn, I hope she is. I hope so, too, because it was a fucking fantastic story. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I really love that whole us against the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what Pegasus Purgatorio Io mm-hmm. is about. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry, Mrs. Hamill, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm Southern. That's my only excuse. Um, anyways, <laughs> and I think it's a great excuse. Uh, regardless, I, think it's a I, excuse. I really yeah. enjoy that story. Um, I, I love the characterizations and the emotional intimacy between John and Rodney, and um, it's just it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Fantastic. Um, your inevitable unhappy ending by Hellenish. Yeah. <laughs> There's that one I don't think I've read, but the the, the um Basically it's about Rod John <sighs> falling in love with Rodney against his will. I mean he is like oh, so wrong. totally wrong. not into it and then he is so totally into it. Mm-hmm. The um, the summary of the story is it's easy to imagine fucking Rodney the way he groan and clutch at John's arms and be too bossy about the whole thing. It was easy to imagine the problems it could cause. <laughs> the opening yeah. line sums up the entire story, though. The first time John thought Rodney was sexy, he just suffered a blow to the head. So he didn't give it much thought afterwards. <laughs> the right. Those eyes, the hands, the butt. <laughs> hmm? It's awesome. It's a great story. I highly recommend it. Um, it's called Your Inevitable and Happy Ending by Helenish. Uh, great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Rod John is just, the, he fights that all the way to the very end, and then he gives in, and it's great. Fantastic. Um, if you want to read a really good emotionally um, intelligent series, I highly recommend Fair Trade by Estefi. Is, is that how you say that, Estefi? I don't. I think so. That's how I'm going to say it. Okay. Um, it's a story about John who, um, is ex-military and he owns a coffee roastery and Rodney is, um, a disgraced scientist and he sits in John's, um, coffee shop being an asshole and of course they fall in love mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's great. It is, is fantastic. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, Fair Trade by Estefi. Um, in fact, honestly, right. um, you should read everything that Estefi has ever written. And everything that Astolot's ever written, and everything that Resonance ever written, 
these are these are authors that um really when I see one of them enter a new fandom, I'm like, huh, let me go check this new fandom out because when I see somebody I find very entertaining moving into a new fandom, I I want to know what they find so compelling about this new fandom. And um, Estefi, Resonant, and Astolot all do that to me. So when they um, hit a new fandom, I have to go figure out why they're there and um, why they're so interested in that particular fandom. And, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's just something about the, about the way they write that um, – I find very inspiring and um, very interesting. So when I see one of them going in one of those directions, I'm thinking to myself, I need to go check that out. Another really good you know, um, AU is the Nantucket universe. Mm-hmm. And it's on AO3, and it's written by one, two, three, four different writers. I'm going to put the link up. Mm-hmm. And it's on my pin board, and it's called the, the Nantucket AU. Okay, so I am looking at one. Um, I don't know if you read it, Crusade and Jeans by Mystic. Mm-mm. It's on right face. And this is actually a, um, it ends up being a John McKay O'Neill um, at the end. That's why I haven't read it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I just don't read that kind of threesome. And I, um, if, if I read a threesome, I expect a woman to be in the middle. I don't know. It's just a quirk of mine, and I have no explanation for it. I have no way of explaining okay. it. Um, one of my favorite uh, AU's for Stargate is Against All Odds by C. A. Pearson and Darkmoor. Um, okay. Wow. Uh, it is wow. It is so wow that when I read it, I was like, God damn it, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Jeez, that is yeah. just fucking amazing. Why didn't I think of that? It's, it's called Against All Odds by C.A. Pearson and Darkmoor. And, um, oh, yeah, if you've not read that, you need, again, to stop what you're doing right now and go read it because, um, damn. <laughs> <coughs> Now, the series is called Reincarnates, and the first um, series, the first story in the series is uh, is called Against All Odds. When you go to the um, series um, page on AO3, you'll also get a link. The first part is um, their fan video they made. And I remember seeing the fan video, and they, they put it out a week or so before they put the story out. Or maybe that's when I saw it. I don't know. But either way, I was like, oh, my God, it's like a movie's coming. I was so excited about Against All Odds. When, and um, I I ate that fic. I mean, every time, um, I was just, like, super excited about every single part that came out of um, that that particular story. So I, I highly sure. recommend Reincarnates by Dartmoor. And C.A. Pearson. It is um, fucking fantastic. If you want one that is um, really, really cute um, and, and deals with some stuff, but it's, for the most part it's happy and cute, it's uh, The World According to Rover by uh, Orifan and Rena. So that's a woman with little um, robots. 
Yeah, the little bot. Yeah. It's so cute. It starts out with the first title is Carts and Dogs. <laughs> okay. And they name the bloody thing Rover. <laughs> it's so cute. And it's also 34 works long and almost 400,000 words. So you're going to be there for a while, but it's fun. Um, they've got some other stuff on there. Uh, and that's, by the way, it's on AO3, and they've got a, a – uh, I was on Orison's page, so they've got a lot of stuff there. But good times. Um There's a lot. And FYI, when you start exploring the um, the broader world of Stargate, either uh, SG-1, uh, Atlantis, Universe, SG, uh, Stargate at all, there's a lot of dark corners in there. Yeah. So if, if your um, author is nice enough to give you um, warnings, pay attention. You know, because you know we're not. We, I know we try, and I, I, I'm so glad you didn't read any of the ones I told you not to. I don't because I don't want to hurt myself. I don't. I don't go out of the way to do that. (laughs) Yeah, but I I couldn't figure. Yeah, Um, geeks and goons is another one um, by likes the river. Uh, That one's a good one, but yeah. Have you read that one? What? The Geeks and the Goons? Uh, a very long time ago. A very long time ago. I laughed so hard at some of the crap that they got up to because I could see that happening. You know, um, it was totally worth the, the the insanity of reading that, that whole... I think I read it on Wraithbait, which made it worse, but, you know, it was fun. There's a story, um, if you like apocalypse stories, um, there's a story in the Stargate fandom that I recommend. It's called The Hard Prayer, and it's by Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna 27, and um, mm-hmm. it's about 30, 30K, and um, John and Rodney are on Earth, and about a year after the world ends or something like that, it's about a year, year and a half, John finds Rodney, and um, it's their their... I think Rodney knows about the Stargate program, or he knows that there's something going on in Cheyenne Mountain. So that mm-hmm. becomes their goal um, to get to Cheyenne Mountain. It's called the Hard Prayer, and I'm gonna put a link up, and it's on my um, mm-hmm. pin board, so you guys will be able to find it pretty easily. Um, I, it's a hard read. I'm, I'm not saying it's not. It's it, but there's no obviously there's no non-con or anything like that in it. It's just. Um, mm-hmm. um, Devastating emotionally and very good, very very good. Um, so I highly recommend that one. This is, uh, yeah. What, go ahead. Geeks, uh, uh, Geeks and Goons is not on Ao3 apparently. It's only on Racebase. So. I'm gonna go ahead and put Geeks and Goons on my list so that people who are listening to the podcast will be able to find it really easily. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's the whole thing. Oh, uh, fair warning. The first one, um, for those people who are sensitive to the eight-legged variety, uh, the first one is the Geek's Field Guide to Anacrids. 
Um, so that means spiders, so be aware. Um, if reading about them freaks you out, don't read it. Next. My favorite crack fic in Stargate, bar nine. I have a favorite. Actually, I, I'm, I'm, that was a big fucking lie I was about to tell. I have two really, really big favorite crack fix. And Sorka, you are absolutely right. It's Once Upon a Fairy Octopus. That is my favorite <laughs> crack fix ever. Once Upon a Fairy Octopus. Fairy octopus. It, is, it doesn't get any better than that. The best part is that the octopus decides that Rodney and John are his parents. And the rest of the expedition guilts Ronnie and John into living together so the octopus won't die. Because they're making him sad. <laughs> Have you read the one where, where they turned into penguins? That is my second favorite crack pick. It's by Karen <laughs> McFadden. Or something like that. Where's the link so. for that? I, I need to put the link for that. But Once I Upon a Fairy Octopus is... Um, my favorite crack fic in Stargate, bar none. And it's by Scoozy Pants. And it's on my list. And it is just amazing. And Ernie is my favorite OC ever. Ernie is the octopus. Mine. That That's all he says. That's his whole line. Mine. <laughs> uh-huh. I think he might also say yours at one point, but mostly it's mine. And mm-hmm. it is just fantastic, and it doesn't get any better. And the best part about the penguin fic is that, um, I don't know if you know this about penguins, but when penguins mate, they give each other pebbles, or one gives one a pebble, like the best pebble they can find. I think I found it. And John gives Rodney a pebble while they're penguins, and after they're back human, Rodney keeps it. <laughs> Rodney keeps the pebble. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's mating rituals by Karen McFadden. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark that yeah. too. I think it's also on Ao3. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know actually. Let's find out. But it's amazing, and um, and they keep <laughs> when they're penguins, they keep getting it on, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, they're violating! Don't, don't ask, don't tell!" And they're like, "No, they're not. They're penguins." <laughs> There's no law against <laughs> penguins fucking it. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell us about penguins. And <laughs> yes, it is on AO3. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. I, I highly recommend there it. it goes. And, um, okay. I'll put this link on my bookmarks, too, so you guys will be able to find it. It's called Mating Rituals by Karen McFadden. Um, yep. Just awesome. I highly recommend it. Um. Actually, what I think got me most about the whole thing wasn't wasn't the keeping of the the, um, the pebble. It was the whole. I think O'Neill gets in there and he's kind of deadpan about the whole thing, and just kind of goes, "Huh," <laughs> and then goes away. Penguins. Okay. Penguins. <laughs> what is really funny at one point. Rodney Penguin tries to jump off the pier and Ford tackles him so he won't get eaten, you know, by the big whales or the sharks or mm-hmm. whatever that are in the water. And John gets mad at Ford. <laughs> of course, John's a penguin, and too. The- and he's, like, vicious to Ford from that moment forward while he's a penguin. He's like, and Ford is really upset. 
that John's so mad at him. Because <laughs> he tackled yeah. Rodney. He he does tackle Rodney, and that's pretty terrible considering Rodney's size. Last week or week before last, I was talking to Jilly about a Stargate story where John and Rodney have to be um, – they keep getting closer and closer and closer, like physically, and they can't stop it because they touch the device off-world. I found it. It's mm-hmm. called Decre- um, Decreasing Radii by Kathleen, and um, it's a really good story. Talking, It's about emotional intimacy and um, getting past mm-hmm. uh, – um, Preconceived notions and um, just it's it's really good. It's really good. It's called decreasing radii, and um, I really enjoyed it. It's it's on my list. Um, of course, no discussion of Stargate stories would be complete without discussing the mother of all Stargate stories. Freedom is just another word for nothing it's left to lose. Nothing left to lose. I read it once a year. I cry like a baby. I have some cheesecake and I take a nap. <laughs> I go out and buy cheesecake just for this day. When I read, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. It remains the only story I've ever read in Stargate that I keep up with that I've read more than once where one of them is dead. Yeah. That's not a spoiler, because I think it's like from the very beginning, you know that John is dead. Um, yeah. It is by far the best character study of Rodney McKay in Stargate. It is beautiful and heartbreaking and hopeful and um, sad and just all those things the story is supposed to be in one place. And um, mm-hmm. I knew going in that it was a, that, that John was already dead. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't surprised by the fact that it was a death pick. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody without telling them that it's a death pick because oh, it's, yeah, that was just... yeah. Um, The thing that gets me about that one is even though John is, he's never mentioned, he, there, there's no name given, um, he looms so large in that story um, that he's there no matter if he's absent. And that, to me, is more of it, it's it's the best fiction that I've ever read, bar any any. And I I, saw I read the story the death of the Master Herbert. Oh God, it's just terrible. I read it so often that it's not on my pin board because it's pinned on my browser. <laughs> I was like, why is it on my pin board? Oh, it's on my browser. I actually have it in one of my little bookmark spots on my browser. So I put it on my pin board mm-hmm. for those of you who are listening on the podcast who, who would like to read it um, just for that purpose. Uh, I It's not something you need to read if you're already in a bad place. No. Um, 
but I think that going into it knowing that John is dead, um, and this is a story about Rodney's recovery from that, that it might be easier to read. I, I maybe. I mean, it, it was for me, and it's beautiful. Mhm. It's absolutely beautiful. It's um. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. There's there's no way around it. It is a stunning piece of work and um probably one of the best stories I've um read in Stargate and um it breaks my heart. It really does. It breaks my heart. And um it I really a good job. Um I really enjoy it. And um from just from a from a reader point of view I really enjoy it, but also from a writer's point of view um, it is absolutely beautiful. I don't know how you can put it other than you know of of any fic out there. You know, if you're if you're going to to read one thing to define um, the fandom, that's probably it. At least for me. Um, but it's not my head cannon. I never said it was a head cannon, but if it, it's a well, maybe it is a head cannon in a way, because it's um, a Rodney who is not the flailing, exaggerated um, batch of of neuroses that I was actually reading a lot of at the time. It right. was a very grown. It was a very grown up, emotionally mature Rodney, and that to me is um, that's just perfect. It is perfect. But what I mean by it not being my head cannon is that um, I don't like to imagine that the end of that John leaves Stargate. Yeah. That that John leaves Atlantis in a box, basically. Well, actually, he doesn't even have a grave because he doesn't. There there is no body. But it, it's never been my headcanon that John leaves Atlantis because um because he's dead. So um in that particular instance, I don't like to read stories where John dies or John is dead. Um, mm-hmm. but yet it is um an absolutely beautiful beautiful story, and it speaks to survival and um. Rodney's emotional journey and it's just it's amazing and I I can't recommend it enough but it's not something you should read if you're already upset and depressed if you're upset and depressed you need to go read a furry octopus <laughs> yes or ordinary life by Susperenza absolutely Susperenza read ordinary life that's awesome don't read freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose if you're already upset Go read Once Upon a Furry Octopus. I promise you, you'll feel better. Because I can't even t- I can't even think about it without smiling because it's so cute. Ernie the Pin Stealing Octopus. It is amazing. The only thing funnier would be the Checkmate universe where John gets turned oh, into God. a cat. My bead, yes. I and love that one too. By Beatitude, 
And yeah, John, John is staying in Rodney's quarters, and they're getting ready to turn John back into a human because he's gone through his time period as part of an alien ritual, right? And so mm-hmm. Rodney decides John needs to go back to his quarters so he can get used to it. So he puts John, the cat, in his quarters, and it pisses John off, and John drags his cat bed down the hall. <laughs> yes. And copy and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he is so mad at Rodney freaking him out, and it is just great. That is funny. That's the kind of shit you read if you're in a in a a terrible mood. You read the checkmate verse by Bede, um, or you read the very popular story, or mating rituals. You don't need to read freedom (laughs) if you're already in a bad spot. The first one of the checkmate universe is funny as hell. Because everybody but John and Rodney got what was coming. And John dished most of it out. And honestly, I think it was the best thing ever. And as somebody who is staffed to cats, I can recognize the behavior in spades. <laughs> so I enjoyed that a lot of it. Just great. Just great stuff. Yes. I don't think I have it on my my um, uh, Kindle, so it's getting added. Thanks for reminding me of it. <laughs> hey, I'm never. I, I yeah, I'll, I'll download a whole bunch of stuff again. Let's see. Now, when it comes to um, stories that have inspired me as a writer, the single biggest inspiration in fandom for me would be Lady Holder's story which I read before I ever met her. In fact, we were partners as writers for quite a few months before I realized it was the same person. Because I tend to remember stories, not pen names, um, unless I read that person's, all that person's work, you know? So I I, I tend to read, um, I tend to remember stories instead of people who write them, unless I read the author a lot. Um, and that would be The Unlikely mm-hmm. and The Unwilling, which was what inspired The Sentinels of Atlantis. Um, and when I was um, reading, um, and that's on my list for those of you who are listening on the podcast, it is mm-hmm. on my pin board. Um, it's called The Unlikely and The Unwilling, and it's on Lady Holder's WordPress. Um um, when I read it, I had read a whole bunch of stories where Rodney was the Sentinel, and I just wasn't getting it. It just it just wasn't clicking with me that that, that, that was what was working for me because I had um, I had finished up the Awakening, and I was um, thinking about crossovers. And weren't you a beta on the Awakening? No, no, I don't think I was. I don't think I was. Um, one of the things to, to take into consideration uh, that um, I think I told you years ago, but the the reason I did The Unlikely and The Unwilling is because I had been reading a an ungodly number of um, – oh, no, I was a beta on it. Okay. Um, I was going to go look because I thought you were, you big liar. <laughs> <laughs> you big lion liar. Well, I've, I've, well see, okay, you were I've, I've in a lot the awakening. Stuff, but... I, I had found yeah. Lady Holder in a um, Sentinel Yahoo group, and I hadn't made the connection between her and the mm-hmm. author in Stargate that I was reading at the time. And um, 
I was like, I, I really don't dig this Rodney as a Sentinel. I, I really don't. And then I stumbled across the unlikely and the unwilling, and John mm-hmm. was a Sentinel. And that made 10,000 mm-hmm. kinds of sense to me. Well, I think originally I, people didn't make Rodney the, sen- the Rodney the guy just because they think that Rodney is emotionally retarded. They both are. There's no yeah. polite way to put okay. that. Go ahead. No, there. Well, the other thing is, is I I've also used constipated, but that's more John than Rodney. Right. I've been reading so many. Um, Rodney's a guy, uh, the Sentinel, and Rodney's fragile, and you know, be be very careful. And there's a really good set of facts where Rodney actually is a fragile Sentinel, and I can't remember that one for the life of me. I love moment. that story where he but, has all those allergies and John's his guy. Oh God! Oh yeah, it's it's. John is so careful and so loving and so. Imperfection. Everything to him and. Yes, and and Rodney is—he's freaked out, and he's trying not to be, and he's trying to be so brave, but his body is betraying him so badly. And I—I I adored the the series, and I read it through, and it's like you know this is lovely. And I think I just rewatched um, the Storm in the Eye, and I looked at that, and I looked at the story I was reading. And while I could see that the colonels were there for a emotionally mature John, he wasn't twigging me as a um, he wasn't twigging me as a guide. You know, the the guy who sits there and hangs off of an overhang bridge in a dark smoke-filled room and fires a P90 straight through the heads of, of several people. And I'm sorry that that's what he did. He's not okay. a guide. That is, that's not a guide. <laughs> All right. That's, well, it could be, it could be, you know, the lion guide that I came up with where, you know, it's the guy who will make war and will, will sit there and destroy everything. But it wasn't at the time the guide that everybody was doing. Okay. And so I looked at it and I went, I'm going to flip this. And John doesn't want to be a sentinel. He wants to fly. That's his be-all and end-all. And Rodney no more wants to be a guide than he wants to wear a tutu in in Antarctica. Okay? And, you know, that's why the title is what it is, The Unlikely and the Unwilling. You know, they don't want this. And then nature throws a spanner in the works. So, I read it and I thought, well, shit, there we go. <laughs> That's the problem I was having because I had written The Awakening and um, I was like... And it's a hell of a thing. And I, have, I, was, I was writing what might have been. I thought, I need a Sentinel Stargate one, but I just can't write Rodney as Sentinel. It just, it, it really, it was a, it wasn't computing. It, it really wasn't. And it could be because of my view of what a um, of what a uh, sentinel is and my headcanon for it. Um, and then I read The Unlikely and The Unwilling and I thought, well, there we go. That's the problem. That's why. And um, I started writing The Gathering about a month mm-hmm. after that. 
And a month after I finished the gathering, I realized that the the woman I had baiting up for me at <laughs> my awakening story <laughs> was the same person who wrote, I swear, the same person who wrote the, the Unlikely and the Unwilling. And I was like, well, shit, there we go. <laughs> well, somewhere in there, I think I dropped another cop, another story in, and I think you were talking about it, and it's like, that's mine. It might have been. Yeah, I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've not, read some not, great I mean, stories where Rodney is the sentinel. It's just for me as a writer, I couldn't go there, and I was like having all these problems, and I was like, why, why isn't it, why isn't it working for me? Because I did try, I did start two or three that I didn't even save that they were that, um, I was that disconnected from the doc from the story that I didn't even save the document. I was just like, no, that's not working. Close, and um, and I rarely do that. I usually save everything and just like, you know. Mm-hmm. Name it stupid shit. Um, but uh, when it finally, you know, clicked for me, the problem that I was having, um, I was like, there we go. You know, so. But, yeah, I didn't connect my beta with um, with uh, the person who wrote the story that I was kind of obsessed with at the time until much later. This is kind of funny. It is to this day. I I never hid who I was. No, I just wasn't making the the connection. Well, come on, exactly. How many lady holders are there running around fandom? I didn't remember the writer's name. Because Ah, like I said, I don't really um, keep track of a writer's name unless I'm reading a lot of their work. Mm -hmm. I remember individually, the the work individually versus... um, So if I ever come across something that I want to read again, I am ten times more likely to remember the title of the story than I am the writer who wrote it. Well, that's just that's just the way my brain works, you know. Mm -hmm. But then you have someone like um, Resonant that just kind of. But I think because I read so much of her work, it you know, and Mm -hmm. at the time you didn't have a whole lot up. I don't think did you? No, 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 I didn't. Um, and it was mo- it was mostly on uh, Great Bait, and you're the one who finally said, "Would you please go over to WordPress?" And I think I commented I had one, and then you bullied me into actually doing something with it. Bullying bully is an ugly dare word. You. Well, it, it was mostly ugly. along the lines of "I double dog dare you." So, yeah, it worked. I wasn't the bully. I wasn't the one who bullied you into writing. That was somebody else. No, that was somebody else. And actually, her stuff. Unfortunately, most of her stuff is actually not online at this point. Um, it's Muriel, and I don't know where her stuff is. Let's see. I want to keep this. See what happens is when you're one of those readers who constantly is offering ideas to writers, eventually that writer's going to turn on you and say, well, write your own shit. Right, Lady Holder? Yeah. Yep. That's what happened to Lady Holder. It is. <laughs> I, I, will be, I will be painfully honest. I, I got a, a very um, sweet and loving, would you write your own fucking fic? Um, comment. <laughs> and leave my shit and, alone. <laughs> No, actually, she didn't mind so much, um, but it was it was a very um, yeah. I'm I'm you know. <laughs> Let's do this, 
you know, it worked out. And okay, so that's that's the link to Muriel. And she has hers is the the title of her of some of her stuff is Ripples in the Space Between, um, the Bridges Universe. She has more stuff in this, up. though, right? There's more of her writing. She out. has a lot more stuff. It was on Live Journal, though, and unfortunately, oh. Live Journal, um, it it started eating its own for a while, and she took stuff um, down, and she still got it. She just hasn't gone back over it and put it up. Well, I don't blame her because okay. I have a lot of thick. I mean, if my site disappeared and I had to rebuild it, I I have to admit, mm-hmm. you guys, it would take a while. <laughs> Because that just sounds yeah. like too much work. I'm like, oh, God, no. Because, you know, there. I was talking and, to um, Jilly last night, and um, uh, just Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond by itself is 30 parts, and it's 386,000 words. Mm-hmm. And to give you guys an idea, I'm – yeah, I'm going to be or looking over my site to see if I can make it more user-friendly. And I'm looking at it, and I will honestly admit I've opened it up, looked at it, and went, X. <laughs> I'm closing it. <laughs> For those of you who Not are today. curious, my current published word count is 2,402,000 words. 2,402,000 words. Okay. So I am I am precariously close to 2.5 million. Um, I'm probably going to break. Um, well, I'm definitely going to break that when I post um, um, darkly loyal. So when I pu- post darkly, darkly loyal, I'm going to pop over um, 2.5 million easily because I'm, um, I'm only about 100k short of that anyway. And darkly loyal is 130k and it's not finished. So. Woo-hoo. It, it says something really interesting about how my brain works, but I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on that. <laughs> I mean, really? Uh, One thing I'm having a problem now. with is that I had this in the back of my head that when I got out of RT and out of that very restrictive POV challenge that I swear, I promise you, I will never do again to you guys, um, that I would go back through it and um, kind of rework it a little bit and add some more POVs. But the way I have it structured, I would have to – that's too much work. So now I'm having to finish it and just – Harry's point of view, really annoying. Um, I've killed Dumbledore. Um, I'm about to use Jenny's body for bait to kill Molly. <laughs> Yeah, not me personally, like my characters in my story. Okay, I'll be looking forward to that. I found exactly how bloodthirsty I am when when you're sitting there and and um, you know I, I was one of those people that every time it popped up on our uh, rough trade and I I was double checking and says is there an is there, there's an extra body hot damn there's a dead person. <laughs> Yeah, because there was like a body count on that story and a word count. And I think people were more interested in the body count than they were the word count um, throughout that story, which was was pretty funny. I wasn't interested in the word count. I knew the words were going to be glorious. I wanted to – there's a dead person in this chapter. I savored every word. You know, that was the best thing. 
and I know it's twisted, but I had fun. I don't care. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to write. Um, I'm almost finished. Um, mm-hmm. Then it'll go into beta, and it probably... Uh, it's very long, so beta will probably be several months because I can't ask yeah. any of my betas to turn around 150 to 160K in... Um, a couple of days that that's ridiculous so um technically i can but i like to sleep and i have to <laughs> yeah right so it'll be a while yeah. um but uh but it's almost finished i am i'm getting very close so mm-hmm. i actually never added up how many how much how many words are in my stories you know that? i have an excel spreadsheet that i add to every time i update my site that way i don't have to worry about it Now, building my spreadsheet was a little annoying because I I wasn't doing it from the very beginning, to be honest. Um, Oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) It's like I already already went and did stuff on on the site. I cleaned up a lot of it. (laughs) I put stuff on it, but I don't want to put an Excel spreadsheet together. And, yes, I know I sound whiny. Anyhow, going on to other, other fandoms. Um, well, no, I want to say on Stargate for just another second. There is another story okay. in Stargate that's written by Arthon and Rena uh, called mm-hmm. Astaroth. Yes. I was kind of hoping and, you would say that one, but I wasn't too sure. And um, Astaroth is an alternate universe, and um, John is Astaroth, and John is an Ori. Yeah, and he, he's got this arrogance problem. He's just got a smidge of it. Just a hair. Yeah. Kind of like Rodney's intelligent. Kind of. And um, it's 25K. It's on Wraith Bait. And um, uh, it's very good. I, I like it a lot. Uh, he's basically a demon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> After all, he his name is um, he's named himself after the Grand Duke of Hell, basically uh, as as an Ori, mm-hmm. um, and it's um, or he was named that, and he's just it's a very interesting story, and um, I love Rodney's acceptance of it. I also like the fact that Rodney gives gives John his his quite fair and well earned ration of shit. <laughs> but. I really just enjoy how Rod is like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you do this? Uh huh. <laughs> it, it's very, it's it's very interesting, and I I highly recommend that you read it. And it's called Astaroth, and it's by Orathon and Rena, um, mm-hmm. who are honestly some of the uh, two of the best writers in Stargate. I really enjoy their work, um, as a whole, um, and uh. Just awesome. Now, Astaroth is a Very series. Cool. Let me see. There are mm-hmm. quite a few. Let's see. Um, yeah, there's a one, two, three, four, five stories um, in it. And the last one called Astaroth and, Mr. and Mrs. Miller. <laughs> Irresistible oh, Force Astaroth meets unmovable object Jeannie McKay Miller. That sounds so much fun. Oh my gosh. Um, I haven't read that one. I should go read that one. I read all the other ones. 
kind of shoved yeah. over. I'm, I'm um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, I found reading material. You guys understand. Um, but yeah. um, maybe I have read I just forgot, but I don't think I've read that one. I, I, I feel kind of left out, like I've been cheated. And it's been up there. Surely I read it. It's from 2010. I surely I've read that. If if, well, surely. I, I can't. I don't know. But I, I tend to avoid race bait for reasons. Yeah, um, there's, there's reasons. Um, so, oh, can I go backwards a bit? Um, into the, the we never hit this, this Sentinel fandom by itself, right? No, we did not. Uh, there's two um, two stories by Polly Bywater, uh, Bo Guest, and Around Atonement. Um, and both of them are post um, post the the press, com- press conference. They're both on AO3. And um, they're different takes on the after effects of what happens after. And they are absolutely fantastic stories. And that is... Uh, it helps if I can spell. I hate when I don't type right. And but it's um, I think the, the round of helmet is where I one of the first ones where you see how sentinels and guys start getting accepted, and it's actually really worth it. But those two are good. Sorry about the dip into the other. Well, if we're going to talk about. Um that particular fandom, um, I have one recommendation, um, and that's mm-hmm. the Murder by Ritual series by Christer. It's on, um, I have it all listed up on uh, on Slash World, so I'm going to bookmark that page on Slash World so you can have all of the um, parts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Sentinel, it's an AU of the Sentinel, and um, it's Jim and Blair, of course. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's it's really awesome. I highly recommend it. Um, and all the parts are listed, and it's 123k total. Um, and it's murder by ritual, I wake for murder, game for murder, murder by design, murder in ruins, and a frame for murder. And um, they're all awesome. And I highly recommend that series. And it's by Chrisser. And um, here is the link on Slash World that has the links to all the parts that I could find. And um, I have it on my um, pin board for those of you who are in the podcast, and I just put it in the chat room for those of you who are who are currently chatting with us. And that is my um, – when it comes to the Sentinel, that is the one story I'm like, hell yeah. And there is another one. There's a crossover right. fic. Um, if you're a Sentinel fan, there is a crossover fic um, in the Sherlock Holmes fandom. Um, not Sherlock the series, but Sherlock Holmes, the movie with um, Robert Downey Jr. and um, yes. or it, it could be it yes. could be any version of Sherlock you want, really, honestly, because it's his, um it's a historical AU in Victorian London, and it's called Observations mm-hmm. on Sentinels and Guides in Victorian London by oh bless her heart, there's no way I'm gonna be able to say that 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 pen name. Um, it's on um, Ao3, 
and it's on my pin board, and I'm going to put the link in um, the chat room. And it's Observations on Sentinels and Guides in Victoria, England. Um, by in Victorian London. London. Razu Kotshu. Kotshu? Kotshu? I'll take that. I'll take that one. I'm looking at it, too, going, no. No. Um, bless it. I'm sorry. If you're listening, I'm really sorry. I, I fucked your name up. I'm really, really, really sorry. What I would say about the story, lovely, beyond lovely the fact thing. that the story is fucking awesome, I mean, it is really fucking awesome, is that um, mm-hmm. that the pace of this story will make you nervous. It is just that there's something about the story um that if you have a problem with anxiety, I don't recommend you read it. Because there's something about the way this story is paced and written that makes me really anxious. And I would not want to read it if I was already anxious. I think part of what gets me is is it speeds up and slows down. And it speeds up and yeah, slows it's, down. And it doesn't the pace do it. is amazing. There's just something yeah, about it, it that doesn't do it. It builds you up and then it brings you down. It builds you up and then it brings you down. And then there's a part where she is literally putting dump, dump, thump, thump, thump in the story uh-huh. itself. And you start to feel these thumps that she's riding in your chest. And you start yeah. to feel it and it's and it's a heartbeat. And it's like And the the emo- the thuds. The emotional are in- hits are coming. Oh, boom, God. boom, boom. And I read it as she was writing it as a work in progress. And it mm-hmm. I was a fucking nervous wreck the entire time this was a work in progress, I have to tell you. Um, so I think I caught the end of it. Good. So I, I barely had any of that. But I'm sitting there watching this, and it's like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. I, I, read I was holding my that. head. I was holding my head reading this story and I don't do that unless I'm watching something really horrible scary on TV normally um, and it's not scary it's just it just it just it's written so well mm-hmm. it's written so well that it drags you in and Makes you feel like you're there and you're part of it. Yeah. Um, um, one a... thing I would say is that I don't read um, slave fic and I don't read the GDP verse in Sentinels. Um, okay. I don't need you to I send me links. You know. I don't want to be <laughs> encouraged. I don't. There's nothing you can do to change my mind. I'm not going to like it. And what I would say to people in fandom is when someone tells you they don't read rape fic or they don't read slave fic or they don't like this or they don't like that, it is not your job and it, you do not have permission to try to conjole them in to reading it. That is some ugly ass fucking behavior. And I see it all the time. You see somebody saying, oh, well, I don't read that kind of thing. And then they'll get 40 links. Oh, but you should. This will change your mind. No, it oh. won't. The worst thing I ever saw in the chat room is there was somebody who said they didn't read um, Harry Snape. And I don't like to read Harry Snape either, but I was just watching this in the chat room. And it wasn't my chat room. It was a different chat room. And like 50 
links popped up immediately. Oh, read this fic. It'll change your mind. Read this fic. It'll change your mind. Fuck you. I had a little moment. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to go, and, and by the way, um, this is actually a crossover, or actually it's a fusion, technically, um, by Sunrider, who is a minion. Which is Hobbit. That is on my list um, over here on Pinboard. Uh, the Oak and the Ash by Sunrider. It's a mm-hmm. Hobbit fic. Hobbit Sentinel crossover. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It is it really is. awesome. I mean, it is just like so good. It's one of the loveliest ones I've read. Now, one of the things that, um, in the Sentinel fandom, and one of the reasons why I really wasn't going to discuss the Sentinel fandom, uh huh. Mm-hmm. In general, is that um, I'm about to offend some people, but I don't care because the Sentinel fandom already hates me. So fuck all that. Here's the thing about the Sentinel fandom: there are like three kinds of readers in the Sentinel fandom. There are the people who like to read the GDP stuff and the Slave Guide shit that really makes me mad and furious because it's really super abusive and terrible. Then there are the people who like to slash, which are like my sisters and brothers in arms. And then there are those asshole people who insist that the Sentinel guide bond can be platonic, but got, but Blair has to be essentially a girl, a sexless girl who can never have any kind of relationship ever again outside of Jim. But Jim does, isn't interested in him romantically. So Jim's going to get married and have whoever the hell he wants. But Blair has to keep himself pure for his Sentinel. Yes. That shit happens in the Sentinel fandom, and there are entire oh, yeah. stories dedicated to it. And I, for that reason alone, I do not read Jen Thick in Sentinel because sometimes that Jen label means Blair's a doormat. Mm-hmm. And it's full of latent homophobia. Oh, it was horrible. Okay. Um, I'm. I'm going to veer away from Sentinel. <laughs> she just tired of me yelling frothing. in her ear. That's what it is. <laughs> You're frothing. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, it's actually, this is a, it started off mostly as a loser's uh, fandom. And it's by Lisa, um, Lisa Wilkin. It's called Del Rio. And it's actually a... What happens if at least most of the, the team survives uh, the movie? And it's um, a fairly realistic look at the after effects of, of what they put themselves through. And it's a series, and it also ends up crossing with um, the uh, leverage and the expendables. So, What's it called? Del Rio. Oh, and Numbers as well. And that's what that bus, that link there is. Um, trying to remember, for the most part, the you should be okay with it. There's there's nothing really that um, flagged me. It's it's got some really good um, realistic mentions of what PTSD does to people. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a good thing. Um, 
Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff for um, the Avengers. I've got stuff for. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, lie. I've got stuff for Teen Wolf. Um, why do I have stuff? For, oh yeah, I know. I, I have that. Okay, never mind. Moving on. Um, I have a Teen Wolf fic on my pin board, and let me go find it because um, actually, I probably have more than one. Um, we only have. Yeah, we probably do. Six minutes left. Let's see. Right. Teen Wolf. Um, mm-hmm. I have more than I thought. One, two, three, four, five, six. I have six Teen Wolf fix on my pin board. My mm-hmm. favorite is D I L F by 20 something. <laughs> which stands for Dad, I'd like to fuck. I know Dad, I it like stands for I'm not that old. Um, and Styles is a kindergarten teacher. And um, mm-hmm. uh, Derek is a single father, and Scott is Derek's son, and Scott thinks Styles is the best thing to ever happen to the planet Earth. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing and awesome. <laughs> oh, there's D I L F, and it's on my pin board, and I'm going to give a link right here for the chat room. Um, it's about twenty something, and uh, uh, it, it's great. It's it's thirty k, and um, it's just adorable. There's a there's a couple of oh um, the one I have is, that is actually one of my favorites, and I'm really glad I lost it for a while, and I had to go find it. Is by Lady Angel. And it's um, the title is AZA, and after in in parentheses it's after the zombie apocalypse, and it's a mash of a couple different things. Um, but it's uh, Teen Wolf Resident Evil. It's got some touches of um, white collar in there, uh, just because they use the characters, and it's 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 really fun for me because. Uh, it, they get to be awesome and they get to reveal werewolves and it's not bad. So, yeah. Um, Styles is home for werewolves. Where, where where, uh, werewolves. Talk about not something you can say fast. Um, <laughs> that one is funny. Uh, let's see. Do I have that? Another one is by Christy Core because... Uh, it's it's titled um, "Do You Want to Date My Avatar?" Because the guys had to figure out how to actually talk about stuff in real life and not get in trouble for it. Because when you comment that you're going to be killing three trolls tonight, and do you have any idea how to do it? Everybody in the room is going to look at you and go, "What the hell are you people talking about?" And video games, you know, is a good cover. My <laughs> and other that's the link I just put. My other um, Team Wolf fan, um, Team Wolf story that I really enjoy, and this is important to point out to you guys that I've never watched a full episode of Team Wolf, so by yeah. no means should you take my recommendations to mean that I think it works well with canon, because I have no idea what the fucking canon is, beyond the fact that I think Scott's uh-huh. a douchebag, um, which is why I didn't watch the show to begin with, but it's called Sacred in the Ordinary by Ideal. And um, oh, it's yes. a it's a grown up AU where they've all grown up, gone to college, and they've come back, 
and Styles mm-hmm. teaches history, and Jackson is the mayor, and mm-hmm. Allison is the sheriff, and um, they're just kind of slowly but surely taking over the whole fucking town, like literally. Mm-hmm. They're even buying it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're like they're they're kind of really um, putting the literalness in packed territory, and I really enjoy mm-hmm. it because it's a slow build. It's it's very adult. Um, it's rather oblivious and, at times. And it just, it's, and, and Derek, Eric, Derek accidentally becomes a famous artist. It's great. <laughs> it's it's great. It's called, it's called Se- a Second in the Ordinary by Ideal. And that is my last record of the evening because we're down to two minutes and I need to make some announcements about Rough Trade. For those of you oh, who are participating wait. in Rough Trade, remember we have five days left to sign up. You have 15 days. Um, left to do your project files. If your project file is not complete and ready to be published by 625, I am not going to hold your hand and I'm not going to accept your excuses. I'm really not. I'm so serious. That counts for me too, by the way. <laughs> um, please be aware of the uh, the the age of consent stuff on rough trade there is to be no sexual contact between people under the age of 18 and people over the age of 20 i am so serious i've seen a lot of um stories coming up on rough trade that are um appear to kind of be skirting the edge on that and i will kick you off rough trade and you will never participate again if you have an adult have sex with a teenager. I'm just putting that out there for you. Under the age of 18, I, don't even play with me. I don't care if the age of consent in um, Britain is 16, which means an adult who is 40 could have sex with one. Um, not on my site, okay? You guys have a great weekend. My mother and I are going off into the Wild Blue Yonder tomorrow to do some shopping. I don't know what's going to happen. The last time we went hunting right. and gathering, I got a really nice purse. Um, <laughs> I got it on sale. It, it was real. Shut up. It was, um, I got one. Well, it was. I got a guest purse. I got a guest, which is a, a brand for those of you who don't live in the United States and might not be aware of this. And usually they run between eighty and a hundred dollars. And this particular purse I had been looking at, but it was seventy-five dollars, and I wasn't going to pay seventy-five dollars for it. But the last time Mother and I went shopping, I saw it for twenty-five, and I had a. Oh, it was amazing, so I bought it. <laughs> I regret I nothing. Wait, for, for my thing that I put up, I put up. Um, we got four uh, Okay, whatever. There's a link for it. She'll she'll put it up. Bye. <laughs>